0: Happy Thanksgiving, Dolphins fans. It is Thursday here on the Locked On Network, which means it's crossover Thursday with John Butchko of Locked On Jets talking everything about the Dolphins Jets at MetLife Stadium, which happens tomorrow. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Thanksgiving Jets fans and Dolphins fans. This is a crossover edition of Locked On Jets and Locked On Dolphins. I'm John Butchko, the host of Locked On Jets, alongside Kyle Krabs, the host of Locked On Dolphins, here to get you ready for Black Friday football, the first ever NFL game on Black Friday, Jets and Dolphins, 3 o'clock Eastern on Amazon. And you should know, today's not only Thanksgiving Thursday, it's also Crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And this Crossover Thursday episode is brought to you by PrizePix, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to PrizePicks.com slash locked NFL and use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match of up to one hundred dollars. Well, Kyle, great to be chatting with you. A little late for these teams to be playing their first game right. of the season. Thanksgiving weekend. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. Um This it's hard to believe this season's already more than halfway over. It's you blink and you miss it. Uh, I guess we'll try to cherish history with Black Friday football and all that jazz and uh, getting a chance to see these two teams play each other. It's it's always uh, uh, closely contested. It's what you get with divisional games. And uh, I, I think there's some really fascinating storylines for us to dive into here on Crossover Thursday.
1: Well, let's dive into them, Kyle. What's the big story around the Dolphins this week?
0: Yeah, so for Miami fans uh, and national pundits, the when you score 70 points in a football game, the expectation for what you're going to score every single week kind of gets to a certain stratosphere. And just frankly, uh, I, I wish it wouldn't have happened because now you have all this conversation. The Dolphins only scored 20 points against the Raiders and won. Well, now you have, you scored low points against the Chiefs, 14 points. He scored 20 points against the Raiders. He scratched out 17 with a defensive touchdown against the Eagles back in week, week nine or week seven is the dolphins offense regressing. And and that's the big question that exists uh, amongst the dolphins. And this coming off the heels of 422 yards offense against the Raiders and the dolphins turned the ball over three times. They went forward inside their own five yard line and turned it over on downs and they missed a field goal. So half your possessions in the game and like that, you're not going to put a 40 spot up on the board. And for Miami, I love the fact that they want a game 20 to 13 where the defense was able to kind of showcase their ability and, and show that depending on what the DNA is of a game and the game script, you can win in different ways. And you have to do that if you're going to live up to what the Dolphins hope to aspire to do this season, which is make some kind of a playoff run. So um, the big story is... What's the deal with the offense? Why aren't they scoring points? And it's, well, they're perpetually shooting themselves in the foot and turning the ball over. And then because of the game script, they're electing to turn down guaranteed points to go for it on fourth down and not getting it. Uh, The Jets defense, I I think, is going to be another really good test and healthy test for this Dolphins offense. And they're they're a little banged up on the offensive line. Mike McDaniel spoke yesterday to the media and said he he thinks uh, Austin Jackson and Lester Cotton will play. Uh, Robert Hunt, who is their best guard, uh, will sounds like he will dress, but not a shoe in that he's going to play based on him still continuing to recover from a hamstring issue and, and them needing uh, him maybe in an emergency situation with how many offensive linemen they're going to dress on game day. So Rob Hunt sounds like he'll dress, no guarantee he will play. You'd certainly love to have him against Quinn and Williams in this New York Jets defensive line, but that has been, I think, one of the bigger personnel culprits for Miami leaving points out on the field is – this interior defense, interior offensive line, they're not showcasing the range and athleticism that they did early in the year when it was Robert Hunt and Isaiah Wynn is your two tackles and wins on IR. He we won't see him for a long time. So that for Miami is against this jets defense that, uh, we all remember how much of a slobber knockers slug fest it was in week 18 last year when these two teams played. And I think 11 points won the football game. Um, uh, I, I think it's a, a, a great opportunity for Miami to figure out how are you going to play if you need to continue to play with the interior offensive line being the, the case that it is. So that's the big thing that everybody's looking at from Miami's standpoint.
1: You know, Kyle, I hear you what you say, and I, I kind of half-jokingly say 20 points is a disappointment. 20 points for the Jets right. off is- the
0: scoreboard. I agree with you completely. I'm like, this is not a big deal, guys. Come on.
1: Yeah, and I think that leads us to this number one storyline of the week for the Jets. You know, some some weeks it's difficult to decide what what's really the top thing going on with the Jets. This week it's not tough to know, and that is the benching of Zach Wilson once again. I mean, really the fourth time the bench of Z- the Jets have benched Zach Wilson within the last calendar year. It was Thanksgiving weekend last year when they first put Mike White into the lineup for him. White started a couple games, then got injured. Zach went back in and then got benched in the Thursday night game just before Christmas in, uh, for Chris Treveller Of course, during the offseason, the Jets trade for Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers goes down week one, and Wilson's back in the, the lineup. And Zach Wilson now back to the bench. Tim Boyle to start at quarterback for the Jets in this game. You know, it's not all Zach Wilson's fault on offense. In fact, I, I would say that there's a strong case to be made that the offensive line has been a bigger problem for the Jets. Uh, you know, first of all, the unit is short on talent. But second, they've just been so banged up that in addition to needing to play all these backup guys, and there I mean, there were some guys playing against the Buffalo Bills on this offensive line last week, Kyle, who I don't think are going to be in the NFL next year. Uh, you know, th- that's really the point the Jets are at. They've suffered so many injuries on the offensive line. But beyond that, when you're constantly reshuffling the offensive line, you can't develop any chemistry. And the offensive line is a spot where chemistry really it matters al- almost as much as talent. Um, you know, if you look at the receiver group, there's really not a lot be- after Garrett Wilson. Alan Lazard has not delivered the way the Jets were hoping he would. Um, you can make a case the second best receiver on this team right now is Xavier Gibson, who's a non-drafted rookie and a guy who looks like a non-drafted rookie. I don't think Nathaniel Hackett is doing doing a good job coordinating the offense. But the fact of the matter is this team has scored two touchdowns in the last four games and. At some point, you just have to make a move. You know, I don't know that Tim Boyle is necessarily going to play better than Zach Wilson. In fact, I think there's a pretty good chance he plays worse than Zach Wilson, but you reach a point where you just have to try and find a spark. You have to change something up. You know, when when what you're doing is not working to the degree it's not working for the Jets, you have to try and change the quarterback. And even if it's not completely, and I think it's fair from the standpoint Zach Wilson's not played well, but he's not the only problem. And look, if you're going to make a change at quarterback, you'd like to have the option be a little bit better than Tim Boyle, who was not not really in limited action in his career, lit it up. So, you know, but I think clearly whenever you make a quarterback change, that's going to be the number one storyline of the week. And, you know, I I don't know whether this makes makes, makes the task easier or more difficult for the Dolphins defense. The Jets are just hoping to find something on offense.
0: Yeah, and I think... Anytime there's the element of change with something new that you have to prepare for too, especially on a short week. You know, it's I'm sure there are challenges for Boyle uh getting prepped on a short week to start. But at the same time, from Miami's perspective, Boyle's been around the league, but has does not have a lot of reps. Obviously, you got a little bit of time last week at the end of the game. Uh, but there's there's kind of the element of the unknown uh, that can be the ultimate wild card in a game like this. And I
1: think, you know, to the extent we have data on Boyle, we can tell that, you know, he likes to get the ball out quickly. And given the state of the Jets' offensive line, I mean, I, we're here recording this episode. We're, you know, not that far before kickoff. I mean, we're a couple of days before kickoff. I don't even know what the Jets' offensive line is going to look like on Friday. Mm-hmm. You know, Mekhi Becton left the game on Sunday against the Bills with an injury. Dwayne Brown, you know, they returned him to practice. He's been on IR since week three. They returned him to practice. In fact, they have to activate him this week or otherwise he's out for the season. He's been practicing the last couple of weeks, but still hasn't gotten back into a game. And, you know, neither of them have really been all that great this year, but it's very possible that this Jets starting tackles would be Carter Warren, who's a day three rookie, um, and then Max Mitchell, who's not played that well. He's a second year guy out of Louisiana Lafayette. Uh, so, In this situation, you need a quarterback who can release the ball quickly. And I think one of Zach Wilson's issues is sometimes he stares down his reads. Sometimes he's not as quick processing as he needs to be. So from that standpoint, you know, maybe it's a good thing for the Jets. The question with Boyle is that, you know, if you saw him against Buffalo and, you know, without a full week to prepare, you know, in fairness, he was thrown right into that game. He was getting the ball out quickly. It wasn't always clear that he was getting the ball out quickly to the right guy.
0: Yeah. And uh, I I think from a, a matchups perspective, Miami has some matchups where they'll look to be opportunistic and from the pass rush. And obviously their secondary DNA has changed in the last month, but then uh, when Miami has the ball, there's probably the hallmark matchup of the corners for New York and the wide receivers of Miami and uh, lots of different uh, lenses that we could put this game through for sure, which is uh, right. one of the reasons why I'm looking forward to it.
1: You're absolutely right, Kyle. And as we continue on this special crossover Thursday, Thanksgiving edition of Locked on Jets and Locked on Dolphins. We're going to get to some of those key matchups Kyle mentioned. There should be a lot of compelling battles taking place across the field this Friday. This episode of Locked On Jets and Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by Prize PrizePix is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more or less than on two to six, six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. With the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, That's a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, you can take LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo on three-pointers made and receptions. And now PrizePix offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with with this injury insurance policy. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match of up to $100. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL. It's all word with one, well, one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L, for a first deposit match of up to $100. Jets and Dolphins play Friday, three o'clock Eastern, MetLife Stadium. The game will be shown on Amazon. I'm John from Locked On Jets, along with Kyle from Locked On Dolphins previewing this special Black Friday game, the first ever NFL Black Friday game. You know, NFL makes that sound like a big deal. I don't know how significant it really is. Uh, But Kyle, we mentioned heading into the break, lots of interesting matchups. Which ones have your eyes?
0: Yeah, uh, I think one thing that I'm I'm really fascinated in is Miami's rushing offense versus the Jets rushing defense, which you've seen some uh, porous performances from the Jets Rushing D the, the last three weeks, you know, they, they gave up 200 rushing yards to the Giants, uh, almost 150 to the Raiders, and then 130 to Buffalo. Uh, Miami has lost some of their footing uh, from a run game perspective. We talked in the first block about uh, the the interior offensive line and the guard spot specifically for Miami. And, and as an outside zone, heavy uh, rushing offense, that athleticism to get up on those linebackers and, and create angles is is really essential to you creating explosive plays in the run game. And with these backup guards, they just have not had the range to get up there. And I think about Mosley and I think about Williams and I think about the safeties and the range that those guys have. And it's not a good draw for Miami. So I'm really interested in, okay, what's your counter to get after uh, the New York jets rushing defense? Because they got a a absolute dude on the interior, one of the best interior defensive linemen in football, got a lot of really heavy handed Guys on the edge, Jermaine Johnson, Franklin Myers. What's your plan? Uh, Because they're down a little bit on personnel. They just had Savon Ahmed, who's one of their backs, go on injured reserve. So from a healthy backs perspective, it's Jeff Wilson, who was a healthy scratch last week. And Raheem Mostert, uh, Devon Achen, came back last week from a stint on IR, was in for three plays and got hurt. Like, we don't know what his status is going to be. Mike McDaniel did say he had a good day of practice on Tuesday. Um, That ability to create balance offensively, I think is huge for the Dolphins in their bid to win this football game and and make sure that they're not put in obvious passing situations where the Jets can be opportunistic and hunt the football and create turnovers, which has kind of been an issue for Miami. So uh, I think that Dolphins rushing offense versus Jets rushing defense is front row center for me as far as Miami when they have the football.
1: You know, I can tell you a couple of weeks back, the Jets lost Al Woods, who was probably their best run-stopping defensive tackle. He was a big space-eating guy. He doesn't rush the passer that much, which made made him kind of an anomaly for a Robert Sala defense, because Sala mm-hmm. is all about guys who can get up the field, get after the quarterback. And, you know, as you mentioned, the Jets have had some not-so-great games against the run recently. So I, I, th- I agree with you. I think that's a compelling matchup. You know, I look at the Dolphins defensive line versus the Jets offensive line, particularly on the edges, Nick Chubb, Jalen Phillips, against whatever the Jets are going to put at tackle. And, uh, you know, it could be Dwayne Brown out there. Jets have made some noise. Maybe Mekhi Becton will be back. He suffered an ankle injury. They don't think it sounds that severe, but the Jets told us that two two years ago when he suffered a knee injury the first week against Carolina, and he was out for the year. Now, maybe, uh, maybe an ankle injury is not going to keep him out for the year, but... Um, you know, the Jets could be looking at a game where they're playing Carter Warren and Max Mitchell at the two tackle spots. I, I really don't like that matchup, especially when you're breaking in a new quarterback. But even if Dwayne Brown's back in the lineup, you don't really know what you're getting out of him. He really struggled the first couple weeks of the season. I mean, Dwayne Brown's had a phenomenal career, you know, perennial pro bowler in his time with the Houston Texans and the Seattle Seahawks. But you know, he's 38 years old, and I felt like it was a bit of a questionable move to go into the season with him as your starting left tackle. And he got injured, which you know you can't blame him for, but he really struggled the first two weeks of the season. And you know, I think they've been trying to shake the rust off. You know, they as I mentioned, they brought him back to practice a few weeks ago. And one thing to know about Brown heading into the season, he was coming off a rotator cuff injury, and the Jets really did not give him any reps in training camp or the preseason. I think maybe they're trying to avoid the same mistake by working him back into practice, but you still don't know exactly what you're getting. It's a 38 year old guy coming off a serious injury.
0: Yeah. And, um, you know, that, that pass rush has really come alive for Miami the last couple weeks. And, and with the return of Jalen Ramsey at corner, what you've ended up seeing is, uh, the, the quarterbacks are, are prompted to, to hold the ball just a half step longer in Miami in the early portions of the season, They were tops in the league in quarterback hits, but they weren't necessarily converting for sacks. We had Jalen Phillips that missed three, three and a half games. His five sacks in the last four weeks or last four games. uh, He's really come on as the player who was supposed to be kind of the hallmark pass rusher for that group. So uh, Phillips finding his footing and had two sacks last week against the Raiders uh, is kind of inopportune timing for the jets. But uh, I think one thing that I, I can't help but feel like the Jets are going to have in their favor in this game is the offenses or the defenses that have had success in, uh, really handcuffing so much of Miami's explosiveness when, when they're passing the football, it's the corners that can really play physical and play in your face and you trust them to do it. And you think about Tyree kill and the draw that he had with LeJarrius Sneed, the draw that he had with Darius slay, uh, the draw that he had with, with Tredavious white when in the loss that Miami took in that game, lost so Garner and DJ Reed, both those guys, obviously different body types, but they can both do it. And for Miami's perspective, they run so much of their volume through Tyree kill. We keep waiting for the big breakout Jalen Waddle game. He had 120 yards uh, against the Patriots in week eight, but that was some of that came on a, a coverage bust at the very end of the game that, that Waddle walked into the end zone for the game ceiling touchdown. So, uh how much are they committed to being balanced with their targets? How much are they going to feed Tyree Kill? Uh, what coverage assignment is Tyree Kill going to get? How are the Jets going to choose to play it? Like that is another one of those matchups that I think Miami's going to have to be really careful with and selective with. But uh, Tua to Tonga Valoa, when, when he was asked this week he had his media availability, he said, "You know, if if I can confirm I get one on one on those guys, I'm going to bet on my guys to win." And you know that that's. Uh, just a, a little bit of a risky proposition at times with how good this corner duo is uh, because you know, they can get theirs at any given point.
1: You know, if I had no rooting interest in the game, that might be the matchup that compelled me the most would be Tyree kill and, and Jalen Waddle against these, these jets corners. I mean, I think that there's a case to be made that, This could be the best receiver duo in the NFL versus the best corner duo in the NFL. You could make a case for a couple other groups, but it it should be a tremendous matchup. And the other thing the Jets have in their favor there is against most receivers, Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed could hold up one-on-one. You could leave them on an island, but this Jets defense seldom needs to leave them on an island because... They can get to the quarterback. You know, they have a, they have a pretty deep group of pass rushers. Even though Quinton Williams is not putting up big sack numbers this year, he's still generating a lot of disruptions. He's still getting to the quarterback quite a bit. You have John Franklin Myers. You have two young guys who have really taken the next step this year in Bryce Huff and Jermaine Johnson. So the Jets have among the highest pressure rates in the league, but they also but they couple that with among the lowest blitz rates in the league. So they can give their corners help, even though a it gets a lot of opponents they can hold up one-on-one.
0: Yeah. And then if I were to look at a matchup when the jets have the ball that, that I'm super mindful of, it is probably Brees Hall uh, and what he can create the dolphins play a lot of mat zone coverage, but they also play, uh, a lot of soft coverage and force completions underneath. And Brees hall is the kind of player that is capable of, of taking a reception in space and making a guy miss and creating explosive play. And, I think that's just something where if the Jets are going to steal this game, you probably have a formula that you have to follow that includes finding a couple explosive plays where somebody creates in space with the ball in his hands. And I think Brees Hall can be that guy. I think Garrett Wilson's comfortably the Jets' best skill player, but with the the Tim Boyle factor, I think it becomes much easier to lean into uh, Brees Hall being the one who Miami should feel threatened uh, with, with his ability to kind of flip the field. If it becomes a field possession game or a low low-scoring game, whatever the, the script has in store, I think Brees Hall is one of those X factors offensively because well, Miami, they, they've been better tackling, but they haven't always been the most consistent tackling team in space.
1: Yeah, and you know, Brees Hall, he's not a great receiver. I mean, lots of drops, lots of easy drops, but when he does catch it, he can take it the distance as he did a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago against the Giants. All right, well, Kyle and I have given you the key storylines for the Jets and the Dolphins. We've talked about some of the compelling matchups. How's this game going to play out? We'll give you our thoughts as we continue this Thursday crossover edition of Locked On Jets and Locked On Dolphins. It's a crossover Thanksgiving Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm John, the host of Locked On Jets, alongside Kyle, the host of Locked On Dolphins. Jets and Dolphins play Black Friday, 3 o'clock Eastern. Amazon will show the game. Kyle, let's get to predictions. What do you have for us?
0: Yeah, I I do think uh, the Tim Boyle lever that's been pulled, if you will, uh, creates a, 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 an unknown dynamic. Uh, but I do ultimately think uh, Miami, so long as they are able to pr- protect the football to a degree in which they have not at times this season. But I think Mike McDaniel showed a little bit of self-awareness get with that against the Raiders Uh, He kicked a field goal in the second half and Tyreek Hill came off the field and Mike McDaniel was mic'd up and said, Hey, I usually don't kick here, but you know, just with the way the game's going, we're going to take the points. If you come into this game with an awareness that you can't afford to give the Jets life of their own with self-inflicted wounds, I think you play the game a little bit closer to the vest, would not be surprised if Miami does not score more than 20 points in this game. But, you know, I, I do think Miami with the explosiveness that they have offensively, with the defense playing the way that it has with the pass rush and the injuries for the Jets' offensive line. I do think the Dolphins come in to MetLife. I do think they win this football game. Uh, but this, if you told me it was a lower-scoring affair, I would not in the least bit be surprised. And if I, I think the self-awareness component of that is really important for Miami to make sure that they do the things they need to do to win the football game.
1: I think you're, I agree with a lot of what you said. I mean, I think that this is a desperation game for the jets. If, if they lose this, go mm-hmm. they fall to four and seven, the season's over. In fact, I think what tells you everything you need to know about the jets desperation factor is the fact they changed quarterbacks on a short week. That's normally yeah. something you would never consider, but they just had to do something to try and spark the team. I mean, I think the path to victory for the jets is something like this. Uh, first of all, defense needs to play its best game. They, you know, they're, they're going to have to hold the dolphins down probably to less than 20 points. Second is you need Boyle to provide a spark the way maybe Mike White has the last couple of years. Uh, you know, Mike White wasn't great for the Jets, but the first two ge- the first game he played last year and the first game he played the year before, he played really well. The Jets won both games. So you hope that maybe he provides a little bit of life to the offense and not, not necessarily that a negative commentary on Zach Wilson. It's just sometimes when you make a change, it brings new life to your team. I think the Jets are going to have to steal a possession somewhere along the way. The only touchdown, the, the only point the Jets had last week came on a drive where they executed a fake punt correctly. So, you know, I, I don't know whether, whether there's a, a, another fake kick in, in the works, but Jets are probably going to have to, maybe it's an onside kick. The Jets are going to have to figure out a way to get an extra position somewhere along the lines. And it's going to take big plays. Uh, you know, this is not a Jets offense. It's going to be built to, put together methodical drives you know they're not going to put together eight nine play drives you're going to need as you mentioned Brees hall to take you know a play 50 yards they're going to need i don't know maybe somebody to slip on the miami defense and or maybe they need the defense to to turn a play over you know last week sauce gardner was beaten for a long touchdown against buffalo it was a game that kind of put the game out of reach even though you know the jets were never really in it on that play he kind of gambled he tried he went for an interception where i think like if he had played it more conservatively in a different spot of the game, he may have just gone for the, he may have just like played through the receiver's hands and tried to knock it down. But the Jets are at a point where they're, they need their defense to produce big plays, either produce a short field or score themselves. So the Jets, you know, they might need a turnover or two. They might need a non-offensive touchdown in this one. But what that tells me is that if these teams line up, the dolphins are the better team. So I, I can't really pick the Jets in this one. I, I've seen I've seen this before. I've been saying it the last couple of weeks. I know when a jet season's falling apart. I've seen plenty of jet seasons fall apart. It feels like that's where we're heading. I think Kyle, we're going to hit that magic number. I'm going to go Dolphins twenty, Jets ten. So Dolphins will get the win. But you'll hear more questions. Why are we only scoring twenty points?
0: Yep, and I, you know, I, I think that's right in line with where I had. I I, I was thinking like seventeen to nine. 20 to 12, somewhere in that stratosphere. I do think Miami does give you a short field at some stage. Six of the Raiders, 13 points came off turnovers inside the the Dolphins' own 30-yard line last week. So uh, I I think they've just done it too much to say that it's not going to happen at all in this week. And I think that paired with what the Jets defense is capable of doing, makes this a game that if Dolphins fans think they're just going to come in here and cakewalk the Jets, uh, I I think they, they might be in for a little bit of a rude awakening because as you said, there's, there's a desperation level with New York where they, they understand what's at stake. They understand what four and seven means and losing another divisional game when you lost to the Patriots already this year and you split with uh, the Bills this year. If you fall to one and three in the division at this stage of the game, it's going to be real real difficult to climb out of. And obviously they're, they're just trying to keep afloat before uh, all of the speculative. And I'm surprised you made it 25 minutes without mentioning Aaron Rodgers' name, but here we are. Uh, this speculative Aaron Rodgers return that, that may or may not be coming, who knows, but uh, the Jets need a win for that to happen. And I think the dolphins will get uh, a very spirited effort from New York. And I think this is going to be a slugfest.
1: And we're assuming Tim Boyle's not like a secret superstar. Who's just been lurking on NFL <laughs> rosters for years.
0: Right. Yeah. It's just been stashed behind Aaron this entire time. and could ball out. Nobody knew.
1: Nobody realized it. you know, <laughs> wouldn't that be something uh, anyway, Kyle, a great chatting with you. I hope you and your family have a wonderful Thanksgiving.
0: Thank you, you too, John. It was good catching up. Uh, look forward to doing this again in just another couple of weeks. Uh, ho- hoping for a healthy game. Hope everybody enjoys the game. And uh, make sure you check out Locked on Jets and Locked on Dolphins in the post game for everything that you need to know. Part of the expanded Locked on Network, which has outstanding hosts for all of your teams, all of your favorite sports. Uh, so check them out as well.
1: And happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Well, Kyle and I will be back
0: tomorrow on Locked on Jets and Locked on Dolphins.